Hey, it's Deborah Adams, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Hi, this is Deborah Adams, and I'm going to talk to you today about pig farming. I know, it's crazy, but when I was in high school, my sister lived on a farm, and I had the great opportunity to be able to feed the pigs. It was part of my job, along with baling hay and working in the garden. So on the weekends, I would go out there to help her, and um, that we would have these huge hogs in this pen. And I would very carefully go and take the buckets of all this slop and food and things and put it in the pig trough um, and to only to come back later and see that all of that lettuce and the carrots and everything else that was in that slop was no longer in the pig's uh, trough, but it was all over the ground and these pigs were just stomping all over it, but eating it at the same time. And I just thought it was the nastiest thing. But, um, so when I came across Matthew seven, six in, um, the Bible, I kind of chuckled to myself and, and it brought that memory back to me of my high school years, helping my sister on this farm. So Matthew 7, 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. The first thing that we need to take into account is how the Bible was written from an Eastern perspective. I mean, it was written at in the Eastern part of Europe, it was over in Asia, the Mediterranean, in that area, Israel, and, and all of that area over there. And so when we try to approach it from our current mentality, being someone that's living in the Western world, sometimes the language gets a little bit lost or the culture and the customs of the day get a little bit lost. And I would say one of the first things that you can do when you do come across to scripture that you're having a little bit of trouble with is sort of try to change your mindset, maybe even do a little bit of research about the culture and the customs of what was going on in the time and in the area at which that particular scripture was coming from where it had been written. The other thing that I would ask you to do is just to read that verse in context with what was going on before it. You might want to go back a few verses. You might even want to go back a couple chapters, which is what I did as we are talking about this pig farming um, experience that I had. And then put that verse into the context of what is fully written. Another great tool that we have these this day and age is a concordance. So we're able to go back and we're able to look at the root language and the definitions of the root words, whether it's Hebrew or Latin. These words don't necessarily translate the same in our English language. I think there must, in some cases, for example, the word love, we think of love in with just, you know, 
one definition here in the United States, but if you look at the root of that, there are many, many different types of love that the Bible is referencing and talking about. So it's important that we understand the culture and the time in which which the word was written. It's important that we understand the actual words themselves. And then it's important that we understand the context of what was the writer, what was the author talking about. And here in my scripture that I'm going to be sharing with you in just one minute. I know you're so excited to hear about this pig farming experience, but this is Jesus Christ talking. And Jesus was actually at the last portion of his Sermon on the Mount, where he had started out in Matthew and he had gone up to the mountain The disciples had followed him, the followers of Christ. This wasn't just the 12. These are many hundreds of people were following him. They sat down and they were eagerly listening to the wisdom that Jesus Christ had to share with them. And so he was going through how blessed it is to be a lover of God and what that meant in their life. And then he began to add to that some of the different Um, challenges that are had when people begin to give in the wrong way. So maybe they're giving to the poor, but they're doing it in such a manner that they want all eyes on them. Or they're fasting and they're not doing it quietly behind the scenes, but they're making a big deal, looking all sad and, you know, talking about how hungry they are and that type of thing. Jesus actually goes through all of those different religious traditions and explains to the people how their approach may be something that is actually a barrier to the blessing that they could have from God if they were just to approach the same um, giving, the same fasting, the same prayer, but do it in such a manner that God is the priority. God is the audience and not doing it for the accolades of man or the show that many times went along with it in some of the tradition and some of the cultural practices that he was referencing at the time. So that's what Jesus was talking about. And he gets into Matthew chapter seven. And here he begins to talk to the people about how important it is that we do not judge one another. Now he's talking to believers, people that are following him, people that are loving him. Of course, he hasn't died yet. Um, But these are people that are seeking a different way. They want to have an experience with God that is something outside the tradition. They really want a relationship with him and with his father. And so he begins to go on and he talks here in Matthew 7 about how important it is that we do not judge one another. That if we do judge someone, then we better expect that we're going to be judged by that same level of scrutiny back. And so then he begins to talk about, you know, how important it is that we don't look at someone and if when they make a mistake or do something wrong, we're quick to point it out and we make a big deal about it, um, referencing that as being a speck in their eye. 
when we ourselves are not perfect and we have these huge beams because we make mistakes all day long. So we have these beams in our eye and he basically says, take the beam out of our eye before you can help anybody else remove the speck from their eye. So that also gives a reference to the fact that there is an accountability to one another that is available in the body of Christ. And I am very much for that. I'm, I believe that scripture shows that being accountable to one another, holding each other up, exhorting one another, encouraging one another is part of what we are to do as brothers and sisters. What we're not to do is have a checklist of everything that our sister has done wrong, our brother has done wrong, um, thinking that we have somehow... Uh, a greater position before God because we don't do those same things. So this sort of in the context in which this next scripture is being laid. And the scripture is Matthew 7, 6. The scripture says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. So when I'm reading this, the first few times that I read it, I kind of had to put it on a shelf because I understood what God was saying about judgment. I understood what God was talking about when he was talking about a speck in somebody else's eye and, you know, a beam in my eye and and that whole thing. But I really didn't understand what is this thing about dogs and swine and pearls and how does that all go together? So I went back and I did What I'm suggesting that you do when you have some confusion about the word of God or just maybe not confusion, but you could have more clarity. And I began to look at the context in which the culture in which this was written. And when you look in the Bible and there is a reference to people being called dogs or reference to people referring to them as being in among or as swine. Basically, what the word is doing is saying that these are individuals who are morally unclean and they're lacking the fear of God. They're lacking that desired relationship that he wants to have with them. So it's not that God does not love these individuals or that they're less than. It is just that their current position and lifestyle has not embraced him yet. So there's no fear of God going on there. And we see that when the prodigal son leaves his father, spends all of his money that he, his father had given him, and then he gets to the lowest state that a person can get, and that's where he is li- literally living with the swine, and he's eating the slop that the swine is eating. He finally comes to himself, the Bible says, and then he goes back to the father because he says, even a servant in my father's home lives better than where I am right now. So we also see where a woman goes to Jesus and she is asking Jesus to heal her daughter. And he's saying, but you are not of the children of God. And she says, but even the dogs eat crumbs from the table, meaning I may not be worthy. I may not have relationship, but 
in God's goodness, there is still the opportunity that my daughter can be healed. And he said that that was something that was, he considered that great faith. Uh, when he referenced the woman. So those are some other contexts where dogs and swines are used in reference to people in the condition and position in relationship to God that they have. So again, as I'm reading this scripture and trying to understand this and apply this to life, God has actually given me two different ways that this can apply. So the first thing I want to do is talk to you about the position of the scoffer. So again, going back to judgment and accountability and an individual who is either giving advice or receiving advice from a brother and or sister in the Lord. And A scoffer is an individual who does not accept correction or advice, but basically just kind of throws it back at the person that's trying to help them. So here, when we're looking at this scripture, what I'm meaning is that don't give what is holy. God's word is holy. Godly advice is holy. Knowledge and understanding from the Spirit of God and from the Word of God is a holy thing. So it says, don't give what is holy to dogs or to this scoffer, because a scoffer is an individual who's not accepting it. In Proverbs 31, verse 1, it says, a wise son heeds, listen to, and applies his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to or accept correction or instruction. And then in Proverbs 14, 6, there's another reference to the scoffer, and it says, a scoffer will not find wisdom because they fail to walk in the fear of the Lord. So here we are, The Bible is telling us, don't give what is holy to the dogs. Don't cast your pearls. Again, pearls in that time were something of great value. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give advice to an individual who is unwilling to take it and who is literally going to throw that back at you and turn maybe an accusation back at you which is when the Bible talks about how this swine will trample those pearls under their feet. They won't consider them as value. They won't take your advice, but they trample it under their feet. And then they even turn and tear you in pieces. They begin to get mad at you for even suggesting that they walk in a different path or they find another way of approaching a situation that may be more true to the word of God, holiness and righteousness. So I wanted to hopefully give that information to you because so many of us in this day and time are in relationship with individuals who we're trying to witness to them, we're trying to share the word of God with them, we're encouraging them to dedicate and and begin to 
understand their need for God and ultimately become a child of God. And we run up against them, you know, these scoffers, these people that don't want to listen, these people that are pushing back. They're accusing us of being too righteous, too um, dogmatic, you know, oh, you're just religious. Oh, you're this or that. These individuals, you have to be very careful about casting what is holy before them. And at some point, God may actually tell you, okay, it's enough. Let go and walk away for another season, another time, or let another individual come and water the seeds that you have planted in their life. So that's one side of the scripture. The other side occurred when someone was telling me about what they believed God was telling them to do. So this individual was sharing that she believed that God was really urgently urging her to sell most of her possessions and to go on a missions trip where she would be living in a South American country for um, a year or two. And as she was telling me that, she was very upset and frustrated because she was saying that as she shared this, you know, great vision she had, she was so excited about it. She was sharing this with other people. She was being met with resistance. I mean, her family thought she was crazy. Her friends, many of them who were Christians themselves, were just like, are you kidding me? You can't do that. It's too risky. You know, God would never tell you to do that. And and those were the kind of responses that she was getting. And she was so saddened by that. And it was sort of, you know, popping, bursting her bubble and taking the wind out from her sails, as the saying goes. So I began to think about that. And I just want to be really transparent and open with you to and cautiously share how important it is that we find people of like mind and like heart, like maturity and faith when we begin to involve them in our dreams and the secret things that God is laying on our heart and the the things that God is moving us to do because, you know, everybody's at a different level of maturity. Everybody has a different call of God in their life. They have different understandings and levels of faith that we are in. Our our walk with Christ is from victory to victory and glory to glory. It's a growing thing. And so when God lays on our heart these precious, precious pearls that I'm going to call them, many times there's something that we need to hold close to us. We don't need to necessarily share it with everybody because not everybody is going to be able to take it to the Lord in prayer and undergird us and encourage us. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't wisely talk to us and make sure that we've counted the cost, that we've considered all aspects of it. But there's a difference between that and somebody just saying, you're crazy. God would never say that to you because who knows what God would tell people to do. He has all through the entire Bible used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So why not you? Why not me? 
why wouldn't God ask us to do something that may seem extraordinary in somebody else's eyes, but to God and to me, it's something that excites me and that I can grab a hold of and have the faith to believe for. So when the Bible says, don't give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet. Just be careful to make sure that the precious things, the precious visions, the precious words, the precious secrets that the Lord is sharing with you, that you are sharing those with individuals who are of like mind, like heart, like maturity level, so that your dreams can be supported with prayer and with love and with and by people that understand that God is a great God, that he is a God that is bigger than anything we can do. We can't do anything without him anyway, so why not believe him to do extraordinary things? So in closing our podcast today on Don't Be a Pig Farmer, I just want to go to the Lord in prayer first. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise for your word. We thank you, Father, that your word is pure, that it is truth, that it is never changing, that it is constant and we can always count on it, Father. Thank you that your word is practical and that it gives us the wisdom that we need to move through life each and every day. We just give you praise and glory and honor for it. We ask you to help us to apply today's lesson and to help us to be very careful in sharing your dreams and your visions with others and to help us to be teachable, not to be scoffers, but to be teachable so that we value that which is holy and that which you consider to be pearls when we are in relationship with other people and working with them. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just want to let you know that today's lesson is actually day 23 from our 30-day devotional called From the Heart, Thoughts Blossom. And this has been recently released. It's a little booklet that you can do individually or as a group with the Uh, purpose of transforming your thought life. I know it's been over the years, my goal to get rid of stinking thinking, to make sure that my heart is right before God in all areas of my life. And he actually gave me the steps in this devotional um, a few years ago to help me to do just that to get rid of some really negative thinking and begin to think as he thinks to have the mind of Christ. So uh, talking about uh, visions and dreams, God gave me the vision to create this 30 day devotional. And just this last year, he has brought everything into play to make that happen. So I just praise him for that and I thank him and I hope that you will look it up and see if it'd be something that would be helpful to you too. It's available here at Everyday Christlike along with all kinds of other resources because it really is our goal that you would know the word of God, apply the word of God and tell somebody else about Christ each and every day. 
Thank you. Have a great day.